Well, kia ora to um, our listeners. Um, just want to say real quick, big massive thank you uh, for taking the time out to listening to our conversation today, um, to the Coach's Corner podcast. And I guess there doesn't need to be too much um, to be said about our guest today, uh, Crusader 150, All Black 1123, and more importantly, where is uh, playing and now kind of coaching, professional coaching career kicks off. Um, Mr. Canterbury Man one one five seven, um, Canterbury's favourite son, Canterbury defence coach Matt Todd. Welcome, mate. Hell of an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do a little bit of research. Yeah. Probably um, one of our biggest guests that we've had on so far. So thought I'd better do a little bit of research into <laughs> the man behind the whistle at the moment. So yeah. how, real quick, how you been? How you enjoying it? Yeah, good. Really enjoying it. Um, great being back involved with Canterbury rugby. Um, obviously different, you know, being in the coaching, but loving it, uh, learning a lot. Yeah. Um, great fellow coaching and management group to be working with. So learning a lot from them and awesome playing group. You know, yeah. that's a, that makes it a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the bet. playing group is is like we're fortunate enough to have. So, um, but yeah, like I say, just enjoying it, enjoy being back involved and, and learning plenty. Oh, wicked. Um, I guess hopefully our listeners kind of fairly familiar with or they should be fairly familiar with your playing career. But nevertheless, can you take us on a wee trip? Like how does a boy from Kaipoi High become get to the All Blacks status and now you as a coach? Can you take us a wee, wee journey? Yeah, yes, yeah, so I guess I started playing for Kaipoi Rugby Club when I was eight years old, played there right through, went to Christchurch Boys for my seventh form year, 2005 I think it was. Yeah. Um, I made quite a good first 15, like uh, Owen Franks was there, Tim Bateman. Colin Slade, Ash Dixon, um, Nasimano. So we had a had a good first 15 team and we won the national competition that year. So it was um, you know, awesome to be a part of uh, involved with that. And then out of school, I went back to Kaipa for a season, played a year of senior footy out there, and then moved into town, played for Christchurch, um, had three or four really awesome years there, um, made some really good mates, just good fun. Really enjoyed my club footy there and then was fortunate enough through that um, to make Canterbury 2009. Yeah. was my first year um, involved with Canterbury and, like, came into this team at a very, um, you know, good time. Uh, they'd won in 2008 and then obviously had some successful years after that. So, yeah, loved my time involved with Canterbury. Um, obviously been successful, having success helped, but just the people and, this organisation and this environment was awesome. Um, and then from there, fortunate enough to make the Crusaders in 20... Mm. I was wide training in 2010 and then full squad 2011, debut yeah. in 2011. Um, yeah, and love love, love my time with the Crusaders as well. Obviously grew up a huge fan of the Crusaders, watching the Crusaders play. So to be fortunate enough to make the team, um, you know, it was like a dream come true and... Especially when I first made it, some of the legends, you know, like Richie, DC, um, Brad Form was in that team when I first made it. Sonny Bill was in it, so it was, uh, um, you know, it was an awesome team to make. And I guess, you know, kind of players you'd grown up watching to be able to play alongside yeah. them for a bit was awesome and learn plenty from them, and and just a great environment to come into to learn what it sort of takes to be a professional rugby player and the expectations around what's required of you week in, week out and, or, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out type of thing was awesome there. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to make debut for the All Blacks in 2000 and 
13, I think I played against France in the third test and in the June series. Um, and it was sort of only in for that, then was out. And over the next couple of years, had a couple more games, but very sporadic, didn't kind of get any run of games in the ABs, probably 2016. Yeah. Um, played a few, I guess, from 16, sort of 16, 17, and through there a little bit. Um, and then after 2019, went over to Japan and have been over there playing for Toshiba for the last three years and actually going back there in November um, for one more season Yeah, over there so to play again. So it'll be different, I guess, having done the coaching to then um, transition back to playing. But yeah. I think it'll be good. Like you kind of, just having been on the other side, it makes you look at it differently. So hopefully... When I go back to playing, it'll it'll help my playing game uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of want to touch on that in, in a little bit, I guess, around that um, that transition part. But um, mate, a heck of a, a heck of a story, yeah. Like, how many like coming from Kaipo? I mean, obviously, you did that. Listed off a whole bunch of boys. Boys mm, and, yeah, and everybody talks about how wicked that team was back then, and we've, we've probably all seen the highlights of Nussie yeah. cleaning that guy out along the sidelines and stuff like that. But um, what well, was really cool that kind of is when you went to Christchurch and you talk about all the great mates and friendships yeah. that you made down, I guess still at amateur times and yeah, all those yeah. great memories. Yeah, club footy's great like that. I think um, you just love it. You know, it's Tuesday, Thursday night training. You. <sighs> Yeah, you're enjoying it. Yeah, like you had, I guess it's fortunate, played with really good mates yeah. or, or made really good mates and played, you know, alongside really good mates. So it was always loved getting back down there and playing for Christchurch. And we had we had a decent team as well, which I guess helped. But um, yeah, love my time at Christchurch and that whole club. You can't beat club footy. It's afternoon yeah. footy and you're into the club rooms afterwards for a couple of beers. And that whole balance was awesome. Yeah, I know. Awesome. I guess, um, like I said, we'll talk about that. Transition. So from playing, so from from playing now transitioning into coaching, I guess what was it that gave you that motivation to kind of trade the GPS tracker in for for a whistle? Uh, good question. I guess so. The year before I came back, and I did a little bit of coaching with the Canterbury Nineteens, just yep. a um, wee taster, and really enjoyed that. And I guess just just be involved still. Um, you know, I knew I was getting to the back end of my playing career. So to still be able to be involved with a team and uh, enjoy that team environment, team camaraderie type of thing, but from a different angle. So I did a little bit with the 19th year before, really enjoyed that. Um, and then kind of this opportunity came up and, yeah, you know, jumped at it. It was, yeah. you know, I guess incredibly fortunate that, this opportunity was here. So um to be then like I sort of said at the start to be back involved with Canterbury. Last time I played was 2017. So it's been a, a while since I've played for Canterbury. Um but yeah, it's awesome. We love this team and yeah. kind of this whole environment and culture and stuff. So to be back involved, um, to have the opportunity to be back involved was awesome. And um, like I say, it's certainly been a learning curve. Yeah. Um, you know, and still learning plenty, but one I've really enjoyed and um yeah, just great to be able to contribute and be involved with Canterbury Rugby again. Yeah, it's um, I really like that because from what I'm hearing, like obviously the the red and black jersey means mm. means a fair bit. So, and I've 
over the past few weeks or probably a couple of months, been talking to a couple of club or couple of legends, the likes of Grizz Wiley and, and Robbie, and they talk about their time wearing the black jersey and then giving back to the, the coaching or transitioning from coaching to playing. Yeah. Around about kind of giving giving back. Is that kind of where where you're at at the moment with like you like said, back end of your career and all that type of stuff. But yeah, yeah, certainly like I obviously feel I've got um knowledge or, or whatnot that I can contribute and, and, and like so I guess give back in that. So um that's a part of it. But yeah, I think just that that team, you know, be back in the team, especially when you go overseas, I guess the into Japan in particular, the culture, I guess, is different because there's kind of language barriers and, and stuff like that. So to be able to come back and be involved here is um you know to a team that means a lot to me and a province yeah. that means a lot is awesome and um yeah just loving sort of this season so far yeah and so what was it like I guess can you remember like your feelings of like from when you first came through the doors as a player versus the first time you came through the door as a coach were those feelings similar or no probably quite different like I guess as a player coming in everything's new it's you know whereas at least it was a familiar place to be coming back into as a coach yeah um obviously slightly different entrance you're coming through but yeah it was still familiar a lot of familiar faces particularly in the building, like Archie and, yeah, and yeah. Tao and, and stuff like that, um, you know, Angus and that. So a lot of familiar faces. And even, I guess, in the playing group, there's there's enough guys that have played a decent amount of footy with that it was sort of it was a familiarity. So yeah. it was more just, I guess, than understanding the new role and, yeah, just learning. Man, every week's different, particularly during this NPC. You know, short turnarounds, what's important. Um, you know, reviewing what's what's crucial and that whole kind of process of learning that, figuring out that, especially, you know, each team each team's unique, each um week or campaign's different. So what's important and getting that balance right of of where to put your time and that sort yeah. of thing's been a big challenge. But it was in terms of coming back into the environment, it was certainly doing it as a coach was I guess not more comp well, you'd like easier because a lot more things felt yeah familiar, I guess. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I guess you've talked about kind of, or we've just started talking about your time in Japan and and the teams that you've you've played in. So you've been coached probably by regard as probably some of the greats in, in the coaching world, the likes of um, Steve Hansen, Todd Blackadder, Robbie Deans, Wayne Smith, and Scott Robinson. Kind of, I guess, what have they done? And they're also great Canterbury men. Have they done anything to shape who you are as a person or who you are as a coach or what little things have you yeah, picked I think, up? I think you definitely take bits and pieces from every, you know, coach you've been involved with. And even, I think, you know, even if it's, a negative experience you've had with a coach, you take something from that that you yeah. don't want to repeat it or whatnot. So, um, yeah, like obviously, like it's unfortunate to be coached by some, you know, some great coaches, and that's who you you take stuff from them. I guess ways they do stuff, what's important, how they coach. Um, more so around probably the philosophy of coaching and and how they deliver the messages. You know, different people are, are different. Um, and how they connect with, with people and and different things like that. So you you take bits and pieces, um, and I guess it's I guess having been a player, that's the advantage you have. You've you've 
experienced a whole lot of different styles yeah. of coaching and um you know been able to I guess see what worked what didn't or or what you what you enjoyed and then I guess you try to emulate you know the stuff that you enjoyed you want to then impart or sort of go use that kind of philosophy or that style in your own coaching yeah. I guess. and on that philosophy like have you what's your current coaching philosophy at the moment have you had time to write it down or um I guess I'm still figuring it out I certainly want to be a like I don't I want to be a coach that players feel um like comfortable with and that it doesn't restrict them like I want the players to feel free within my coaching like they're not restricted by what I'm trying to do and don't you know clutch them with detail keep yeah. it not simple, but so that when they go out on the pitch, they feel, you know, they're clear with what they need to do, but it's not like they're worried about having all this stuff, all this detail that they're concerned by and having to get right. It's here's the plan and here's what you need to do within it, but express yourself and be you within that type of um, framework, I guess. So that's sort of how I Is it, want to be as a coach. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you how you operated as a player or how you operate as a player. Just like, give me the simple stuff and I'll get yeah, on to it. Yeah, like, um, like, yeah, like we say, like, yeah, go off experience of you had and I feel, you know, coaches that kind of don't overburden you with too much detail and too much, I guess, what's the word I'm trying to look for here? Like, um, don't, don't like overcomplicate things yeah. and just allow you to express yourself within the system and, and keep it. And, and like you have good lines of communication. Well, I think that's a big thing that coming into coaching that you've got to be able to communicate with your players, relate to your players. They're the ones that they're out there doing it. So, you know, you might be giving them something, but if they're not comfortable with it, you've got to be able to tweak it because the end of the day, yeah. they're the ones that have to deliver it on the field. So there's no point having a, a plan in place or whatnot that the players aren't comfortable with. So being, flexible within that and able to adapt or adjust um to the personnel you're working with well yeah uh working with i think's a massive one yeah and i could probably imagine like you're still you're still talking about playing so there's there's still a lot of um i guess relevance in what you're saying because you're still out there like i see you out there getting into some of the live sessions and and helping set up a finishing off a scrum or something like that so you're still relevant in that sense. So it's probably when players when you ask players to do something, they know that you can still do it. Yeah, I guess, you know, that staying, I guess being fresh helps, but at the same time also know that that's only going to be there for so long, you know, once I do finish and hopefully continue coaching. So it's about, yeah, I guess using experiences that I had, but it's also you've got to develop other ways of, feeling stuff out or, or learning stuff as well. So, yeah. um, but I think definitely around, like for me as a coach, I want players to be comfortable to like, no, we don't want to do that. And like, yep, sweet. And we can adjust. And because end of the day, they've got to believe completely in what it is you're trying to get them to do, to go and do it on the pitch. There's no point in me having an idea, forcing it on the players. It's sort of, I have an idea and, but it's about them believing and feeling comfortable to do it and having that, yeah. Um, balance where you can sort of, yep, sweet, you know, a bit of to and throw, but you get there to where 
yeah, so it's that, the accomplice that yeah, can take a little bit. Yeah, so it's that part. It's, it's not your idea. It's not their idea. It's our idea. Yeah, so, And if yeah. we're all doing it, then we're all on the same page yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, so you've talked about how coaching is kind of giving you a few lessons and you're probably learning learning on the on the go at the moment. What's been your biggest lesson so far that you've that you've learnt or that you um, that you I guess like in moment. terms of me, just that whole computer side of it. Um there's a lot of things you watch and reviewing yeah. and cutting clips and um reviewing training. So that whole computer aspect was yeah. definitely a big learning curve for me, like our analysis SARS, he's been awesome, sort of helping me through it and teaching me along the way and just speeding up that whole process because it can be massively oh it is massively time consuming anyway but it can be even more so if you don't know what you're doing battling yeah, away yeah. so having him able to teach me that teach me the rope so to speak and um show me how to speed the, the whole process up has certainly helped i guess that and the whole selection thing like it's never easy um you know telling players they're not playing yeah. or, or whatnot so that's certainly a difficult part of the the job. Um, What's your tactic been on that? Because I'd imagine you've probably had a couple of those. Yeah, I think it's you just got to be honest. Like, um, you know, they're not easy conversations, but at the end of the day, we make the decision based on what's best for the team that week, and um, you know, that's what our reasoning is. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're honest with the player, they don't have to be happy about it, but at least they understand it and. Um, you know, can change their focus then from preparing to play to preparing the team. Yeah. So we just got to be honest with it at the end of the day. And it's cool. You, it's cool what you said there. And I can't remember. It's literally slipped my mind, like when you said it, but about how, like the, that disappointment around them. Like if they're disappointed about it, that's it's almost like a good thing. It's not a great thing, but it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, you, that they care. you don't want people to be happy they're not yeah. playing. So, um, it's naturally the disappointed. Um, but like it's that's why you kind of you tell them early or as early as you can, you know, by the time you work out what the team is, so they've got time to process that disappointment, um, and then switch their attention to okay, I'm not playing. What do I need to do this week to help build the team to be at their best? Um, in, in my new role now, yeah, oh, cool. Um, what's been, I guess, this is probably a cool one. For, our, um, for everybody listening in, is what's been your proudest moment so far as being a coach? Um, I also noticed that you're the coaching, yeah, uh, a ripper team as well, aren't you? Yeah, my son, <laughs> um, I sort of help, help. Well, there's a few of us that kind of um, coach and just whoever's available that, that we yeah, yeah. get down. But, yeah, that's a different experience altogether. Um, proudest moment coaching? Oh, I don't know. I guess just seeing... Like something you're working on during the week come off on the on the weekends always um always good. So like you know, you can see the transfer of learning or, or we put focus into something and you get the pay on on the weekend is is, is like a real satisfying moment that you what you're trying to achieve has sort of got across and it's worked out, I guess, as a um from a coaching perspective as a as a enjoyable or satisfying moment yeah has there been a particular moment when you've been up in the coaching box and you've just given yourself a wee wee high five or a wee fist pump and you're just like yes the boys got it 
No, I don't know. Not off the top of my head. Like, a, I mean, there's so as the defense coach, I guess any time we, you know, apply pressure defensively and yeah, even force turnovers or, or ideally, you know, can create tries off the back of, of defensive pressure. It's a, it's, it's good, and um, particularly if it's something we've focused on or an area or or previewed something that we've then delivered on is um is yeah like a satisfying yeah, yeah. moment. Yeah, no, wicked. Um. And I guess you talked about kind of coming in. Um, I don't know if you've read my notes before because you seem to be kind of doing great segues into I all my questions. Yeah. But um, so you talked about when you're coming in, like there were familiar faces. And so obviously you yourself and Willie debuted same yeah. year. Um, and then Luke's obviously same still running year. around and stuff like that. So what's it like kind of now being – gone from teammate to now coach and then you've got the likes of kind of like Billy Harmon who was nipping at your heels when you're when you're here and and those boys what's how's that been now it's or been, how have they been it's been good actually I think it's like coming back there's been a real good balance of like say guys that have played quite a bit of footy with um so and you can kind of good sounding boards I guess yeah you, know, you trust what the um Kind of their feedback opinion, you can go ask some stuff, and then also, yeah, and there's it was quite nice. There's quite a few guys I'd had a little bit to deal with through the Canary 19s last year. There's probably yeah. four or five guys in that team, and then obviously, um, guys that I hadn't had a lot to do with as well. So it was quite a good mix, I thought, this year coming back. So, um, yeah, like just enjoyed enjoyed having sort of those older guys or, or guys that I'd um had previous playing experience with it, kind of made it easier, um, just sort of familiar faces that you could kind of not lean on but kind of go to for sort of feedback or just just to get a yeah. feel on what you're doing and how it's been um, received and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd imagine Luke and Willie wouldn't mind. Hold, yeah, they don't, and like guys like Bridgie and Drummy, I've, yeah. I've played a bit of footy with as well and stuff, so guys like that have been great. Yeah, no, wicked. Um and we talked about kind of, like I mentioned before, like I see you out there training with, with the boys and and stuff like that. Like how does how does that how do the players receive that? Do they take their take their chances with you when you try and blindside you or nah, like to be fair, <laughs> I just the physios like to pull guys out really nearly so we get a lot of numbers sometimes. So I had to, I have it hasn't been too bad lately, but jumping um from time to time just to give us enough kind of opposition numbers to to get through the session. So yeah. just hang out on the wing though. Yeah. Just get a body in the line, really. That's all I'm doing. And if you get a turnover, do you still make make them sure that you still got it? Let them know that you still got it. No, I don't I don't get in there for a turnover. <laughs> Stay clear of that. Sweet as. And um I guess we'll we'll jump into you've got a pretty busy week um this week and last night probably you had your awards. Um so we'll jump into our quick fire questions. You're inviting three people for dinner. Who who are the three people that you're inviting for dinner and what are you cooking? I get takeaways, definitely <laughs> when we're cooking. Um Tom Brady. Yeah. Um I guess just the way he his longevity in sports and his competitiveness is um is awesome. And I'm a big American sports fan. Um probably LeBron James, sort of same sort of thing. And and my wife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And takeaways, what takeaways are we um, sort of Asian infusion sort of stuff like that, something like that? Yeah, it's a good takeaway, but I certainly wouldn't become a terrible cook. <laughs> no, good. Um, who this has been kind of one of our main questions because I guess we mentioned it up the top around the, some of the great coaches you had, but who's been your favorite coach you've had and why? I guess probably for me, Scott Robinson. Um, yeah. I had him in Canterbury and then Crusaders. And I guess um, just a, a coach that, I don't know, I played good footy under him, which I think helps, but I think as a coach, he's great at making it like a sort of, you never get a hit, you know, it's week to week. He keeps that focus really good. And um, he brought the best out of me as a player. So, um yeah, he'd, he'd be yeah the coach. Or, you know, I've sort of enjoyed the most, I guess. Yeah, and what was I guess you guys would have that relationship when when you found out that you're the the new defense coach. I'm sure Razor would have given you. Yeah, I talked. I spoke to him and um him and Jace Ryan been quite good. I've spoken to them um you know a few times in that um you know having been coached by them and Todd Blackett as well. Spoken to him, yeah. I guess that's been quite good having kind of guys who have coached for a long time to be able to speak to them about it. And, um, you know, when I first got and then even throughout the campaign so far, when you kind of, I guess, just a sounding board yeah. around ideas or what do you reckon of this or, or stuff like that. So, um, it certainly has been helpful kind of having. Coaches like that who have a lot of experience that I, I guess I have a relationship with that I feel comfortable going to them and ask and sort of asking stuff um, of them and that sort of thing's been very beneficial for me. Yeah, and has there been like one bit of advice that Razor, he's normally got a couple of... Yeah, I think things, he's though. good. Like um, certainly at the start it was just kind of around, you know, I was sort of showing him what I was going to do defensively and he was quite good around challenging me on a few different ideas yeah. and, and the way you present, like he's obviously very good at, getting his messages across. So just little stuff around that was um was awesome from him. Um yeah, you know, as I was first starting out, he's he was great. And then I was spoken to Jace Ryan a number of times, I guess, through this campaign. Um just around different like, you know, even connecting with players and, yeah. and sort of different stuff like that. Like, there's a whole, whole heap of little little things, but you know, a lot of little things end up, you know, having massive difference in that. Yeah. So yeah, I can imagine that they've probably given you a whole list of books as well and articles. Yeah, yeah, well, different stuff like that, yeah. or different, you know, things to listen to or whatnot. Yeah, and what's been? I guess you've probably got a number of them. What's been one of your favourite rugby memories, coaching or playing? Playing would be um, the twenty seventeen Super Rugby final and Joe Berg winning that. Um, would be my best. Rugby memory, um, and I haven't been a Crusaders fan as a little kid. Then playing and kind of, you know, especially growing up, they won all the time. So you, the success, and I've been in the team by then for sort of six years, and we'd come close but hadn't won. And then to go to Africa and win over there was just yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and I, I've um, been pretty privileged to listen into what Razor. Um, mentioned around going you guys going to Joburg and being in altitude and then just what that was like around um the work that you guys did about the lungs burning and stuff like that. 
Yeah. How was um? How were the lungs near the back end of that? Yeah, d- definitely fatigued. Absolutely, <laughs> like at altitude, you sort of you dry your mouth dries out early, and then you get your second one. But when the second one starts to run out, it's um you're running on fumes at times there. But yeah, it was sort of one of those games that you just found a way to do what you had to do to yeah. to get the job done. Oh, how how rewarding is that? Um, what's one? I guess you're only just starting out in your coach career, but what's one bit of advice you'd give yourself, or even um, as a coach, but even as a as a player starting out? What's one bit of advice you'd give yourself? I think just being like real consistent and clear with your comms, um, like so you don't want mixed messages. So whatever it is you're trying to deliver or get across that it's consistent consistent message that you're delivering and it's um like clear to the players you know then it's sort of not like what is he talking about or yeah. hang on you're talking about this and now you're talking about this so it's you're just consistent and clear yeah communication around whatever it is you're trying to deliver um so that everyone's on the same page and understands what it is you're trying to get across and I guess that's from a coaching perspective, but also haven't been on the other side. As a player, when you get that, you kind of everyone understands and you know what you're trying to do. It's when you kind of yeah. what's he talking about? Or um or it keeps changing. You're like, well, hang on, what are you orders doing this and now we're doing this? So yep. it's yeah, just being clear um and consistent with your messaging. Yeah. And what about as a as a player, young at Todd, what would you be saying to him? What what would I ever say to a young? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just like particularly if you're in an environment like this, it's just about making the most of it. You know, like it's a hell of a setup we have here. Um, but it's also it's on the player or the individual to to make the most of those opportunities. Like there's every opportunity to get better, whether it's you know with the gym and SNC side of it, the stuff they've got in there, or the fellow players around them, or the coaching staff. So it's all there. If you're, but you've got to be prepared to go and get it, or go and ask those questions, or go and put the time in to do it. So, um, you know, for to young me, it'll just be about go and making the yeah. most of the opportunity that you have in front of you, and don't waste it. Really, yeah. And that's probably, I, I guess that's probably, I could probably say that that probably rings true for coaches as well. Mm. Um, it is that bit of thing that you kind of don't want to step out of your lane a little bit to go and ask questions because then it's that. I'm supposed to, I'm here, so I'm supposed to know. And then all of a sudden, you're just trying to find that light switch or plug the plug yeah. your phone charger in when you can't see the plug properly. Yet, isn't it? You'd, 100%. You'll like, get there eventually, but yeah. And like I think, like that's what good about this environment. Everyone's happy to help as well. Like even, um, like or there's no dumb question or anything like that. Like yeah. whatever it is you need, or um, be be happy to ask or be brave to, you know, put yourself out there and ask or or seek whatever it is that you're after. Do you think that's probably that's part of the recipe that we've we've got here in Canterbury and, and probably say Crusader land here at Rugby Parks is that everybody is willing to pitch in if you have got a question and ask it? Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully um like people feel that as well. You know, that's you want an environment where people feel comfortable being themselves that you know they're not afraid to to kind of fail or you know ask 
put themselves in a position where potentially they fail, but they'll learn from that and yeah. that. So I think, um, yeah, the more you can, people that come and feel comfortable able to do that, and and obviously there's the people around to, to allow that to happen as well, is, um, yeah, hopefully that's a big part of it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, so I guess another one is what we want to try and get our, our listeners is maybe a, a activity or a drill or something like that. So what's your go-to activity or drill that you've been doing with the with the lads so far that you that you have in your back pocket? Um I guess it depends like we were a bit poor around the rut for a while or like on our fold wasn't good. So we've been doing this kind of three phase D drill which has been working quite well. We're at because defense like particularly defensively it's about I guess your system and then challenging challenging it when it's not set like it's all good when everyone knows exactly who they're on and where they need to be, but it's about, you know, in a game quite often you don't have that. So yeah. it's about creating scenarios or situations where you've got to adapt to um, the pictures and, and trust or, you know, have those communications of the people around you to adapt and making sure we're all looking at the same the same pictures and when we see those same pictures, we're all able to adjust. So yeah. just kind of, and through that drill, you kind of, you get a little bit of that and, um, you know, it tests their comms and the understanding of what we're trying to achieve and um, their movements and that as well. So it's been quite good. Yeah. And so do a lot of your, because uh, I guess Blair's on a bit, bit of a rampage um, around in that coach education space around getting rid of four corners and, and stuff like that. I'm real, I've got a bit of a bias towards scenarios and game space activities and stuff like that. Is that kind of the approach that you enjoy doing those scenarios and yeah I think so it's like more possible. like um obviously there's like early in the campaign you've got to bring in kind of when you're learning I guess yeah. when you're learning something new on that but once you kind of embedded the um structure then it's just about creating as many as much kind of uh random situations or um different challenges so that hopefully when you come to the game, you've been in those situations or you've been put under pressure that same way at training. Yeah. And it's not hitting you for the first time in the game. So, yeah, absolutely. The more kind of, you know, like say scenarios or different stuff like that is certainly what I enjoy. Yeah. Um, coaching or, or putting the players through, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I see heaps of value in it. Like, like you said, if, if you go through, you front load them with like the technical stuff mm. that they need to know and then just keep overlaying that with putting them in harder situations yeah. or making, like you were talking about a three phase and they have to fold around and stuff like that. Like that's mimicking a game. If it looks like, sounds like rugby, it probably is yeah. rugby, but a small passage of yeah. the scenario of the, of the um, game. But, and the more that we can put them under duress, the more times that they fail, the more times they fail, they're going to learn. So hopefully, once it comes to game day, yeah, you're you're pretty proud as yeah, punch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, especially I guess especially as a defense coach. Yeah, and I think as well, like almost make over speeding it up so it's they're under more pressure because it's hard to get that same physical, you know, about having to smash each other, which you want to do too much at training. So you got to stress some other ways. So that kind of Making it over speed almost to what it would be in a game is is a good way of 
they're challenging them defensively like that. Yeah. Cool. And I guess um, our lucky last question, what does being a coach mean to you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it's just an opportunity to teach um, and I guess kind of share knowledge with the kind of uh, with the players involved um, and also learn, you know, you learn from the players and, and from the fellow coaches. So kind of just in that constant learning and sharing Um environment i guess is, is a big one for me particularly where i am in my coaching at the moment yeah um we're still doing a lot of learning in that so you know obviously i feel i have stuff to share as well but also learning plenty at the same time so kind of in that yeah cycle i guess yeah i guess um just on that so how how do you transition or how long did it take to transition from having a player mindset to having a coach mindset because they're two very different. Yeah, I don't know to be honest. Um, I guess you, you reasonably quickly, like yeah, as soon as you're in the coaching, you look at it completely differently. It's sort of whereas a player, you just rock up and you adjust to what he was in front of you. Yeah. Um, so there's no times where you've kind of gone in and you're just like, I can do that. Nah, so you, you haven't taken over or anything like that. Or... <laughs> yeah. Nah, no, they're pretty quickly really. Like, yes, you kind of. Like I say, it is quite different. So um, we had kind of like because of the we kind of had maybe a couple of weeks just the coaches were in before the players. So it was kind of in there. There's a lot of planning, and it kind of quite quickly he changed into coach mode and what was important. And um, and then sort of as I've touched on earlier, then it was just about week to week what was important. But yeah, it was reasonably easy to yeah. change from looking at something as a player to looking at it as a coach. Yeah. No, that's, from a coach's perspective. Yeah. Oh no, that's wicked. Well, um, I know this week is pretty big. We've got um a wicked home home game and what an awesome challenge you guys have with Bop coming down. So um I've seen you guys work hard all, all season, so it's no wonder you guys are where you're at. So I just want to say um first of all thanks for taking the time out to have a chat with us and our hopefully 12, 13 listeners that we've got in. But, um, yeah, I just yeah wish you guys and, and the boys all the best for this weekend and hopefully for things for us for another week. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. Uh, wicked. Cool. Thank you.